Welcome back to another episode of The Postscript, Living Faith Bible Institute's weekly podcast and YouTube series, where we interview pastors and professors from Living Faith Bible Institute, from the Living Faith Fellowship family of churches, uh, and we talk about different issues, uh, issues of life, issues of ministry, uh, issues in theology and, and biblical understanding. And right now we're in the middle of a conversation with Pastor Kenny Morgan of Midtown Baptist Temple. Uh, he's the pastor of discipleship, and we're having a conversation about what is biblical discipleship. Today, we're going to be talking specifically about what it means to implement discipleship within a church, uh, focused primarily on, on, on some of the hurdles, the difficulties that a lot of churches face when they're trying to be disciple makers, when they're trying to raise up the next generation of leaders within their church. What are some of the things that they struggle with? And so uh, I want to start by just welcoming... Pastor Kenny back. Mm -hmm. Thanks for being here, man. Yeah. And I want to start by asking kind of a broad question that'll lead us through sure. this conversation. And, and, and the question goes something like this. So many churches in America today are so focused on growth, mm -hmm. uh, growth primarily in numbers. What is wrong with that perspective? Okay. What are some of the flaws in that perspective and why does it cause them to fail to pay attention to uh, those that they're investing in and those that are in, within their church? I don't know if that question makes sense. It does. Okay. It does. I, I think it's a, it's a very critical question and it, it's a critical issue that has to be addressed in the discussion about discipleship. Okay. One of the biggest errors, okay, mm -hmm. in, in the, in, in the, in the, in the growth or numerical growth discussion is that Numerical growth subconsciously is always synonymous with spiritual growth. Mm -hmm. So the idea or the belief is that, well, if, if, if we're packing the place out and we've got numbers, then we're obviously doing something right mm -hmm. and people are growing spiritually. Well, the reality is, is numbers tell us some things. They don't tell us everything. Okay. Yeah. Transformation tells us everything. Mm. And so the question is, 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 it's not so much how many are, are coming. But the question is, how many are being transformed? That's mm. what we have to be after. That's that's the focus, right? And so, you know, it is the Lord who adds daily to the church such as should be saved, right? It's so God takes care of that. Mm -hmm. So numerical growth is not a biblical doctrine. It's not a Bible topic. There, there's no formula for hey, here's how you go from a hundred to five hundred. And it, it comes back to when you're making disciples then it takes care of all of that, mm -hmm. right? And so the bottom line is it's not numbers, it's transformation. And I think one of the things that anybody who has a discipleship program has to understand is that in terms of numbers, mm -hmm. practicing discipleship in a healthy way does not necessarily guarantee or expedite physical growth. No. As a matter of fact... It, it can actually initially it can yeah. have the opposite effect. Right. I mean, we can look at, you know, even the, the ministry of the earthly ministry of Christ and how, you know, he said some hard things, John chapter six, and there were some disciples who would have been disciples in mm -hmm. name, mm -hmm. not really function. They weren't disciples indeed. 
And hearing that, they thought, oh, this is too hard to hear. I'm going to do something else. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think it's good to know that up front that when you get serious about making disciples, you're probably going to lose you're going to lose numbers. Yeah, thing, you know? things might uh, slow down sure. or, or even go backwards. Um, but the depth in terms of, of the knowledge and the maturity of the believers in your church hopefully will, in, will increase Absolutely. and make you more effective long-term. As long as your perspective is focused on the Great Commission, which I think all of this has a lot to do with, maybe you can explain the connection between discipleship and the Great Commission itself. Yeah, it's... it's uh, it's it's paramount. It's imperative. You know, I've always compared the Great Commission to a three-legged stool, mm. and if you look at each one of those legs, all three of them have to function. All three of them have to coexist. All three of them have to do their job for that stool to meet or make it its function. Right, mm-hmm. and so discipleship is a part of of that three-legged stool. Like that it, three-legged stool being evangelism discipleship and missions. and missions itself, Absolutely. The, the sending of, of people to go replicate that three-legged stool somewhere else. It is. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but it's, 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 it, it is placed in the middle for this reason, because it tells us now what to do with the convert. We disciple them. Yep. Teach. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it tells us what to do after we've discipled them. We send them mm-hmm. missions. Yeah. And so it's it, it is everything. It it is the heart of the mission, and uh, we that's why we live and die by it. And it will absolutely disrupt anybody who has a market centered perspective on their church. It'll it'll disrupt that view. Uh, discipleship is in many regards just is counterintuitive to the marketplace of churches, yes. the commercialism of churches. Um, it's it's revolutionary in that regard. Um, my follow up question to that would be is if a church is coming to a place where they're ready to start building out a discipleship program, mm-hmm. what are some of the things that they should anticipate uh, in terms of philosophical shifts, but also physical changes uh, within their body? That's a that's a very very heavy question. Okay, I guess mm-hmm. I didn't realize it would be that heavy, but yeah, but there's probably a lot to it. There is, yeah. I believe there is. So one of the things that I've I've come to learn is that when a church is looking to implement a biblical philosophy of discipleship, well, that that's great. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's exciting because you, you you think about what that could mean and and what that could mean for that church and the mission and all that. So that's great. But what I've come to learn is that where you have a church that did not or does not have biblical discipleship. That usually means that you have a pastor who's never been formally discipled himself. Mm. And that's huge. And so now he's looking to implement and oversee something that he himself have never has never officially been a part of. Mm-hmm. So that's an issue. And by that, you mean that most pastors, they, they leave their church at 18, they go to seminary somewhere... Right. They learn for four years, they get a degree, and that's all the qualifiers necess- that they have that are necessary for pastoring. So instead of actually someone having, like we talked about in the last episode, mm-hmm. that up close and personal yes. relationship where they're watching them while where they're, uh, someone is investing down into their life, pouring into their life, they actually circumvent that right. in many regards. And then now they're in, they're, they've got a church mm-hmm. and they have all these people 
And the only thing they knew, know how to do is to grow in terms of numbers, but they don't necessarily know in terms of a model what it looks like to right. implement discipleship. That's what you mean. Exactly. Okay. And that's, and that, that's an issue. Mm-hmm. Because so he, you know, that pastor, he didn't have the pops experience that I had. Yeah. Yeah. In the last episode, you told us about the guy that discipled you, who's basically your, your father. And the Lord. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so if you didn't get that, the tendency is to is to make it academic. Mm-hmm. So now the 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 heartbeat becomes the curriculum and the material. And and whenever I'm having conversations like this with churches or pastors who are looking to implement discipleship, that is always like the most intentional part of the discussion from their vantage point is, well, I want to see the material. And mm-hmm. so because they have an academic perspective of it because they've never experienced true discipleship themselves. And so one of the things that I try to encourage, and, and, and I do think it takes a measure of humility. If there's a pastor who is, you know, the church doesn't have discipleship and and he wants to implement it, I think that's great. But I, I think it would do him a lot of good to, first of all, attach himself to a pastor who gets it and sees it. Mm. I think that's important. And now I, I don't I don't believe that that pastor would need to sit down like you and I would sit down with someone in discipleship and walk them through those 18 or however many lessons you use in right. your process, those foundational lessons of the faith. Well, obviously he doesn't need that. But what maybe he, in some cases <laughs> you said it, not me. Yeah, right. But yeah, but I, in t- most cases, someone from the same background doctrinal set that we have, they yes. they don't need a lesson on on salvation or who the holy right. what the Holy Spirit's role is. What they need is the philosophy yes. and the approach. Is what you're saying? Absolutely, the philosophy, the approach, and 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 through that, you know, they start gleaning the heartbeat, and so now they're. They're meeting with this pastor on whatever frequency they've agreed upon, and he's asking questions or talking through things. He's getting counsel on the hurdles that are emerging mm-hmm. as he's trying to implement this in his church. And so he has this, he has the ear and the counsel and the love and support of this pastor that is more than glad to help him work through this. But but I think from an implementation standpoint, I think it's important to also think about this. When you're looking to implement discipleship in a place where it did not previously exist, you have to abandon any thought or idea of, of anything mi- being microwave about it. Mm. It's not going to be instant. It mm-hmm. takes time to make disciples. And I think that's one of the deterrents of, of, of people embracing a biblical model of discipleship because it takes time. Mm-hmm. You don't make a disciple. So we, we, we've learned here at Midtown, and it's just, it's just for us, but it takes us approximately three years to make a disciple. And one of the ways that we know that we've made a disciple is that we are at peace and we can discern that they are ready to teach others also yeah. with us. Right. It's clear. We see it. Right. But but it takes time to get to that point. Right. And so when you're looking to implement discipleship where it did not formally exist, my encouragement is to that pastor is, OK, first, attach yourself to another pastor who gets this. OK, then from there, identify maybe three or four of your key leaders, deacons, associate pastors, maybe I, I don't know, mm-hmm. and their wives. 
Okay. And then you start discipling those men yourself and maybe have your wife disciple their wives. And that's in a, in a group setting, if need be, if need be yeah. in a group setting. Absolutely. Um, you know, Aquila and Priscilla did that. They, sure. they were a discipleship dynamic duo. Mm-hmm. So uh, God can use that obviously. Right. You know, but, but, but take a year again, there, there's no rush. <laughs> Let's just, but, but, but take, you know, take a year and and formally disciple those people. Now get ready, because what you're going to find out is as you begin to to engage in this, you're going to get to know your leaders in a way that you never have, yeah. and vice versa. Yeah, things can't you can't hide things anymore. You can't hide things yeah. anymore, and so there will be things as it always does, because discipleship is the great exposer, mm-hmm. right? It exposes things. Okay, no problem. That that that's great for you. That's great for them. That's great for your relationship, and it's part of the process. Mm-hmm. So so let's let's take some time. But here, here's what happens though, and this is beautiful. Here's what happens. So now the pastor who was never formally discipled has attached himself to a pastor that was and gets it, and he's gleaning from him and learning. But now, as he's discipling these key men in his church. He is starting to get this now. Yeah. He's now starting to get the heartbeat of what this actually is. Mm-hmm. And so now he's moving beyond it being some academic thing that, you know, well, now it's like, oh no, I get it now. Yeah. I see it. Yeah, there, there, there are definitely academic components to it. I mean, it's very formal. We open the word of God and we teach and we don't apologize for that. But you and I know that that's a part of the process, but you can't boil the process down to that. Mm -mm. And so as he is discipling these men and as he's watching God work and move in their life and as he's watching God transform them and their families, all of a sudden now his heart is enlarged for the church as a whole to now have the same experience, but it it, it gets even better than that. So now when he is ready to officially stand before the church and present this discipleship thing, it's not just a theory. It's not just something that he's trying to figure out. He now has a personal testimony of, let me tell you what God has been doing in my life for the last year. Right, right. And now we take it a step further than that. And now they can hear from the 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 leaders that he's been discipling and and they can hear about what it's done in their lives and how it has transformed you know their marriage and and their ministries and and all of that and so then from there obviously you know i would i would always encourage that pastor to either continue with those men in discipleship too or send them to us we'll be mm-hmm. more than happy to, to help in that sure regard. so just to summarize um, some of the things that you're saying so when a church is beginning to go down this road, um, the first thing they're going to do is they're going to need someone to hand them the philosophy so that they understand. So a pastor, someone from the outside, someone who's seen this work, who has a philosophy of discipleship, sits with them, um, trains them, teaches them in in some regard. And then while they're learning, they're making that investment relationally into the leaders in their church, Mm -hmm. walking them through the the, the lessons, the material, which takes about nine months to a year. Yes. Uh, usually, and raises up a, the first generation of disciple makers within their church, yes. uh, so that when they present the concept uh, to the to the body and invite them into discipleship relationships, they not only have a team of people ready to implement discipleship, but they also have practiced the model. They've practiced. It's not an abstract idea anymore. Right. It's not a- academic anymore. It's rubber meets road, and and um, now now they're ready to start. 
the goal being making a church where the members are ministers mm -hmm. and that that model is generational. Yes, absolutely. Which is, I think the most important thing about it is churches don't have to die. No, no. Yeah. No. But they will if they don't make disciples. Right. And, and and that's one of many reasons, you know, why it is so urgent. But I, I, I think too, and we, we, we touched on this uh, earlier as exciting as this is and, and as wonderful as it is to see, you know, disciples indeed, you know, be, be formed in a local church, inevitably there will be casualties. Mm. Yeah. And that's one of the things I was going to ask yeah. you about. What You mentioned hurdles, and yeah. I'm, I was thinking about that. Along the way, we, you, you'll lose people. Yeah. There will be struggles. There mm. will be hurdles and difficulties. Can you walk us through what maybe some of those things might be like? what would someone need to anticipate in their heart and their mind might be the fallout of doing something that's actually, I mean, what we're talking about is something really radical. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're talking about yeah. it easily because we've experienced it. Yes. We know how effective it is. We have, we've accepted it. But what we're talking about is a very radical, radical thing. Yeah. And it could, again, like we said before, really disrupt the the status quo of a, of a congregation. Mm -hmm. So maybe talk to us a little bit about what those struggles might be. That's the issue. You, you nailed it. It, it. It's radical. And that's very threatening to people because it threatens their security. It threatens their, their, their comforts. It, it threatens a lot of things. And one of the things that we, we talk about a lot here in terms of, you know, of what we're making, we always say this, every church is either going to make church members or they're going to make disciples. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're making disciples, you'll get church members. But if you're making church members, you're not going to get disciples. Mm. Okay. Yeah. When you're making church members, you know, these are people that, well, maybe, you know, they've, they've been in this church for 30 years and, you know, maybe their parents or their grandparents grew up here and, and, and maybe they have denominational convictions and. Or they're excited about the children's program or. Exactly. You know, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, and so now with this discipleship thing, that's, that's taking off and, and you're looking around and, and and this is what this is one of the things that discipleship always does inevitably every single time when you start making disciples over time you start seeing people make very uncomfortable decisions mm. you start to see radical decisions you start to see people who are, are walking into their corporation on a monday morning and to tender their letter of resignation or they're walking away from a six-figure salary because they're going as missionaries to Mongolia. Yeah, they're breaking up with their boyfriend or girlfriend of two or three years that they've been living with, and they're absolutely, or, and, or they're changing the way that they raise their children. Uh, they're dealing with the spouse in a way that is, it, is not um, is different and sure. more submitted to the word. Like we could go down the list yeah. because people are beginning to agree with the word of God, absolutely, which is radical in nature. Yes, they're yeah. being transformed. Mm -hmm. You know they're being transformed, and and, and you and, and that, that's a word that that we we treasure it, right? Mm -hmm. Romans chapter twelve, you know, being being transformed. But mm -hmm. but that word, it, it's where we get our word metamorphosis from, right? Mm. Right? It's it's radical. So discipleship is not, and we're careful to say this, the focus is not self improvement, right? We're we're not trying to 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 get a better version of you. We're not trying to tweak you a little bit and. Not trying to address your maybe your issues of loneliness and all of that. Okay, no, 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 no. What discipleship? The aim of it is to radically transform you. Yeah. Well, what does that mean? Well, at the end of the day, what we're looking to do is we we want to take the person of Christ, mm 
and who you are and where you are. And through the process of discipleship, we want to close that gap as yeah. much as possible. Yeah. yeah. But as that is happening, and, and again, you, 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 list a, 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 you listed a lot of things, but even relationships, like even relationships, maybe between you know spouses or parents and children, or here we go, church members. Hmm. So maybe at one point, man, you and I had a great relationship, and maybe we had season tickets to the Chiefs, and our lives were wrapped around that. But now, as I'm growing as a disciple, I can't sacrifice eight Sundays a year to go to Arrowhead Stadium and right. be away from church because it, well. That does, there's no profit in that, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so it, it gets uncomfortable because now, and here's the other thing that happens, and anytime you're introducing this where it did not exist previously, you're going you're to have issues, is now we're, we're adding accountability. Mm-hmm. And so now I used to be able to think, say, and do this and not have to answer for it. But now that we're all getting excited about the Bible, now you're getting in my face and in my business about decisions that I'm making. And so, yeah. and so th- those, are, th- those are some of the things that you know, one should expect when they're implementing this where it didn't exist before. Yeah. The expectations for the, for the culture of the church begin to change as a whole. Yes. People who are on the outside of discipleship and they're watching it unfold um, might be resentful and uh, they might really be struggling with it. Because what they're, what they're, what's really happening is someone is being renewed from the yes. inside out. Yes. And and so now we can't get away with religious performance anymore. No. That that model is is dying. And what we have is something much more raw, uh, something much more difficult, but something much more close to what we would see uh, from the apostles and the disciples yeah. of the early church. What we see in scripture. Yep. And now we've got purpose. Mm-hmm. How does discipleship change the purpose of a church? Like in terms of the overall mission of a body, you've got discipleship. It's beginning to function. It's beginning to change the church at an individual level. What does that do to the overall culture of a church long-term? What do you see arise out of that? Oh, that's a great question. And what arises out of it is, is something that's incredible to the glory of God. And to the kingdom of God, mm. you know, if I can quote my pastor, one of the things that Sam says often is that we don't want to just play church, mm-hmm. you know, so, so when a church embraces to the fullest, the biblical philosophy of discipleship, well, now that begins to touch that city mm. that begins to touch that state that begins to touch that country that begins to touch the world. I mean, all of a sudden now we're not just coming to church because it's what we do on Sundays or what we do on Wednesday nights. No, we're coming to church with purpose mm-hmm. because we're trusting God to get further equipped to live the mission for his glory. And so what, what begins to happen is people begin to embrace who they really are in Jesus Christ. So, you know, one of those those sections of, of, of scripture that, that we quote a lot, we, we talk about, you know, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're new creatures in Christ now. Okay, well, praise the Lord. But then when you follow the, what Paul says immediately after that, mm. okay, so now that you're a new creature in Christ, well, here's who you are, right? You yeah. are a minister of the word of reconciliation. You are an ambassador of Jesus Christ. That's who you are yeah. now. And so people now, 
they don't view themselves as doctors, lawyers, primarily school teachers. No, I'm an ambassador. Mm-hmm. I have a mission. Mm-hmm. I am uh, I am a heavenly representative on earth and I have a job to do. Right. And so I'm focused on that. And so it absolutely it flips the culture of that church upside down and in such a way where again, listen, I there there are a hundred things that we can and should do better here with discipleship. Sure. I'll, I'll be the first to say that, okay? Yeah. But and not that Midtown is a finished product. We we are far from it. I'm right. here, so we're we're We've, very yeah. unfinished. We're right? blemished in many regards. Yes, we yeah. are. But one of the things that makes Midtown such an exciting place to call home is discipleship, because mm-hmm. you you see people who their lives have been and are being transformed. You see people who are getting excited. They're excited about the mission. Mm -hmm. People are saving money to go on missions trips. People are sacrificing their time to make disciples. And it's exciting. It really is. It is. It's it's amazing to see. And it's amazing to see that it move generationally, that, that it's passing from, it's, it's not just the elders of the church that believed this yes. and did this in the, in the 80s and 90s, but yes. now this is something that has, has passed decade after decade, and we have a generation of young people who are practicing the same thing. You know, one of the things that it's making me think about, in a few episodes uh, back, uh, we interviewed Mark Trotter, yeah. and he talked about how when he discovered this, this thing of discipleship, biblical discipleship, he, he cut all the ministries in his church way back Mm -hmm. and ministries that they'd been doing for 20, you know, um, you know, you know how churches are. They have a ministry for everything and someone owned that and it was their baby and it was precious and it was very important to have a choir that looked like this or, you know, you know, a, a, a children's ministry that looked like that. But what he was saying was that this became so important to him Mm -hmm. that he, he took the ax to it and just started cutting away ministries so that, that the church's focus could be primarily on the work of discipleship. Absolutely. And that was, uh, I believe I, that was in, in the in the 80s, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. And now you look at the, that church, yeah. um, uh, First Baptist Church of, of New Philadelphia, Ohio, and you see the same thing. And I mean, that church is 160-some years old, right? right. And now um, that they have a model for discipleship, they're passing on this perspective generation after generation after generation. They're sending out missionaries and they're thriving. When a church that's 160 years old yeah. in America yeah. tends to be a monument of what it was 130 years ago. Sure. And I think that's a really encouraging testimony. And I'm really, I know that it's your heart to see other churches adopting this perspective as well. What are some of the tools and the assets that they can get a hold of? Maybe explain the role of discipleship to an LFBI in, in assisting in this process of training up disciples. Sure. You know, the disciple, I would say every every phase within our discipleship process is critical. Mm-hmm. Uh, cost of discipleship, discipleship one, discipleship two, LFBI, they all carry the same value which they're all invaluable. Mm -hmm. But as we are as excited and intentional and passionate about discipleship two as we are discipleship one, because we understand that too much is given, much is required. I know for me, when I got discipled, I, I, I I never lost 
how much of a privilege it was for me to 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 be the recipient of this mm-hmm. to have someone love me and invest in me the way that pops did i, I and so d2 is it, it's critical for that reason because okay now what do i do with this how how do i replicate this mm-hmm. and so what we're going to do is we're going to take you in d2 and and spend about 9 months with you equipping you training you and preparing you to do the same yeah. i mean and, and you see that with christ and and the 12 he he, he gets to he, he begins with you know follow me and i will make you fishers of men and then he gets to the end of his ministry and now he gives them the great commission yeah now it's your turn right okay and so now it's your turn to go and and you make what i've made you mm-hmm. do what i've done with you and so what we what we look to do and 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 discipleship too is say okay man praise the lord you you've completed discipleship 1 now let's trust god together for mm-hmm. you to get what you need to begin teaching others also and investing in, in others also with us and at midtown the way that it's it's always broken down is and again i it's been a while since i've looked at these numbers and again, i'm not you know i, I, I numbers don't tell us everything right. I, I get yeah. that but one of the things that you asked earlier is, just, you know, what is it that you that you do and overseeing this? Well, one of the things that I do is I do I track trends. I, I look at different things along the way to see, you know, are there some adjustments that, that we should make? But 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 here's an interesting and encouraging stat. If, you know, we we look at or I've looked at in the past is about 95 percent of people who complete discipleship one here continue into discipleship two, mm. which is essentially the, the the gateway or the entry level into LFBI uh, D two, and also where we train the people that the disciple next. Correct, right. absolutely, uh, where we we look to give them the tools to fit them for that great work, mm-hmm. and then many of them continue on into LFBI, and 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 what we're saying is out of that, many have continued on to several missions trips and many are preparing to go and yeah. and so it's so exciting it is really exciting and it, and the amazing thing is it, it feels really special that we get to be a part of it oh absolutely but there's nothing actually super special about it all, all of the living faith fellowship churches are living out uh discipleship within their churches correct and and it's an important part of what all of the Living Faith Fellowship churches do, which is actually one of the primary reasons why we found each other and mm-hmm. this loose network was Absolutely. established is yeah. because we all agree that biblical discipleship is supposed to look this way. Yes. And and we all believe in its and it's what it creates and what it establishes. And so I am really excited about where Midtown Baptist Temple is in terms of discipleship, especially right. as a college and young adult mm-hmm. pastor here. Um about 75% uh, of, our, of, of the college and young adult ministry here is involved at some level in discipleship, whether it be LFBI, D2, or they're being discipled. Mm-hmm. And um, to me, hmm. that is, that's, that's so beautiful. Yes, it is. Managing it is exceptionally <laughs> difficult. We've talked about that many times. Yes, Managing it is difficult. Yeah. But that what that means is I've got to take and sacrifice things that I think is think are important as a pastor. Mm-hmm. Cool retreats, conferences. Uh, I've got to sacrifice a lot of that in order to ensure that this is happening the right way. And you and I would both agree that it that it's way worth it. Oh, way absolutely. way worth it. Absolutely. You know what? What what I you know, just all of it is exciting. 
is, you know, the the process here is clear and understood. Mm-hmm. You know, even at at the cost of discipleship level, we began envisioning people for LFBI. We had a pastor that was that came by one day. It's been a couple of months ago. He's a local pastor, good guy. And and me, him, and Sam were in the lobby and we were talking. And we were, you know, we have this our our spiritual growth path or our big board in the lobby that we've yeah. ushered many of people to to explain our process and and how it works and and so we we were doing that with him and walking him through each phase and mm-hmm. what it represents and what it does and whatnot. And one of the things I said to him when we got to the LFBI portion and and what that is and and the tool and how we use it, I said to him, I said, you know, actually what happens in LFBI is actually decided in cost of discipleship. Mm. That decision is made there. Wow. Where they, the, and that decision ultimately is I'm in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The guys that dropped the nets were the guys that were on the mission field yes. in, in Acts chapter two. Correct. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. Whatever that means. I, I don't know what's coming or but i just i know this by the grace of god for the glory of god i'm not going to do it perfectly none mm-hmm. of us do mm-hmm. but i'm in <laughs> man yeah well praise god it is it is exciting and i want to thank you for hanging with us and talking to us sure. about this we're gonna we're gonna talk about discipleship in one more episode sure if you're if you're down for that give so, a shot and we want to ask that you would join us next week as well for another episode of the postscript, we'll be continuing to have a conversation with Pastor Kenny Morgan about discipleship, uh, why it's so important to us, why it's the lifeblood of what we do as a church and as a fellowship of churches. If you've got questions about discipleship, you can visit lffellowship.com uh, and click on the section that says, what is discipleship? And that'll answer a lot of the questions. You can reach out to us. There's a contact page there as well. If you're interested in Living Faith Bible Institute, lfbi.org, is the place that you want to go. Other than that, we would ask that you would subscribe to the podcast uh, or go to the YouTube channel and subscribe there, whichever is your preferred method of listening or watching. We want to invite you to join us each week as we talk with pastors and uh, professors and missionaries about what it means to follow Jesus Christ with our whole life. Thanks. I'm the high school pastor at Midtown Baptist Temple, and I'm a student of Living Faith Bible Institute, where I can go to class and know that I'm going to walk away with something that I can use, if not this week, in the future. Sometimes, especially at school, you might be in a class that's going to get you a degree, but it has no application in your life. When I left the eye, I know that I'm going to take these classes and, and it's either going to apply directly to my my craft, to my weekly procedures, or it's going to be something in the Word that I'm going to have a student or a counselor who has that question. And now I'm a little more equipped to do the work in the ministry. So I love giving my life every moment I can to young people and to the team I work with because we are affecting the world. Enroll for classes at lfbi.org.
If you are interested in donating to LFBI to support future pastors and leaders, please visit lfbi.org backslash donate.